Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. And now, here is Walter Bingham. Hello and welcome to the program for March 1st, 2022, which we count as the 28th of Adar 1, 5782. Because in the Hebrew calendar it's a leap year, we shall add one month, hence now it is Adar 1. I am Walter Bingham and pleased to have your company. We are once again living in eventful times and I wished that I could relate to you some cheerful events, but I suppose that is too much to ask in the 21st century, where power and market domination are the aims leading to wide-scale corruption, much to the cost of the ordinary population. In today's program, I bring you a feature on Jews and tattoos. You will not want to miss it. I am also going to tell you about a letter that I wrote to the letter pages of the Jerusalem Post. Not surprisingly, it was not published. But I begin today with a comprehensive, detailed analysis of the conflict between the Russian Federation and the Ukraine. It includes the history of Russia in relation to the conflict and an assessment of the future intention of President Vladimir Putin. I am aiming to put the reasons for this conflict into historical context. I was sure that in my long and eventful life I have seen, heard and experienced every possible political scenario, including of course the Holocaust. I've taken part in a hot war, lived through a cold war, observed aggressive genocides in different parts of the world, and like the Queen of Britain, I have watched rulers and dictators come and go. One of the highlights in my life was the birth in 1948 of the Jewish state, after millennia living as tolerated guests in the diaspora. Today, Israel serves as a shield against the re-emergence of virulent anti-Semitism and as a peace-loving country realistic enough not to aspire to territorial expansion. Unfortunately, after the devastation of two world wars in Europe within just 30 years that cost the lives of more than 70 million military and civilian death, there has emerged another fanatic leader don't touch the dial, there's more to come after this break. Israel is located in one of the most volatile areas in the world. Israel is an island of stability and a sea of war and unrest. In the midst of this turmoil, Israel stands out as a beacon of order and human progress. Each week we update you on what's happening in this, the Jewish state, a true light unto the nations. This is Jay Shapiro. Join me every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. And now, here is Walter Bingham. Unfortunately, after the devastation of two world wars in Europe within just 30 years, there has emerged another fanatic leader whose ambitions have taken hold of his senses. 
Vladimir Putin, trained in the academies of communist philosophy and today's absolute ruler of Russia, is intent to plunge Europe into a third world war to fulfill his plans to re-establish the hegemony over the area of the former Imperial Russian Empire and subsequent Soviet Union. Fearful that Ukraine, today a democracy, may succeed to fall further into the Western sphere of influence and join NATO, in true dictatorial fashion he manufactured an atmosphere of unrest and opposition to the government in the eastern Russian-populated Donbass region of Ukraine that gave him an excuse to liberate the areas of Donetsk and Luhansk. Because he expected serious opposition from the Ukrainian military, he decided to first incapacitate their bases and airports by rocket and air attacks. We now see a full-scale war against Ukraine and recognize the method employed by Hitler in the Sudetenland and Czechoslovakia. President of Ukraine Vladimir Zelensky requested the world to stop talking about war because he did not believe that Russia would attack his country. As we know now, although he speaks the same language, he grossly miscalculated Putin's intentions, who had kept his cards close to his chest and now invaded the Ukraine. Despite the Minsk agreement of 2014 and 2015 that followed Russia's illegal invasion of the Crimea, to which Russia was a signatory, Putin saw the weakness of US President Biden, whose pronouncements were those of a paper tiger and decided to extend his territory to the borders of Poland, and with that will directly face the forces of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. The following are the main points of the Minsk Agreement. Ukraine and the Russian-backed separatists agreed a 12-point ceasefire deal in the capital of Belarus in December 2014. Its provisions included prisoner exchanges, deliveries of humanitarian aid and the withdrawal of heavy weapons, five months into the conflict that by that point had killed more than 2,600 people, a toll that has risen to more than 14,000, according to the Ukrainian government. The agreement quickly broke down with violations by both sides. Representatives of Russia, Ukraine, the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, OSCE, and the leaders of two pro-Russian separatist regions signed a 13-point agreement in February 2015 in Minsk. The leaders of France, Germany, Russia and Ukraine met there at the same time and issued a declaration of support for the deal. The deal set out a series of military and political steps that were never implemented. A major stumbling block has been Russia's insistence that it is not a party to the conflict and therefore is not bound by the terms. Point 10, for example, calls for the withdrawal of all foreign armed formations and military equipment from the two disputed regions, Donetsk and Luhansk. Ukraine says this refers to forces from Russia, 
But Moscow denies that it has any military troops or equipment there and broke the Minsk Agreement. The 13 points of the agreement were, in brief, an immediate and comprehensive ceasefire, withdrawal of all heavy weapons on both sides, monitoring and verification by the OSCE, to start a dialogue on interim self-government for the Donetsk and Luhansk regions in accordance with Ukrainian law and acknowledge their special status by a resolution of Parliament, pardon and amnesty for people involved in the fighting, an exchange of hostages and prisoners, provision of humanitarian assistance, resumption of socio-economic ties including pensions, restore full control of the state border by the government of Ukraine, and 10. Withdrawal of all foreign armed formations, military equipment and mercenaries. 11. Conditional reform in Ukraine, including decentralization with specific mention of Donetsk and Luhansk. 12. Elections in Donetsk and Luhansk on terms to be agreed with their representatives. And 13. Intensify the work of a trilateral contact group including representatives of Russia, Ukraine and the OSCE. The Minsk Agreement is important to illuminate the background of this conflict today and to be able to fully understand the intentions of Putin, who until he was 39 years old lived under the rule of the Soviet Union and rose to a senior rank in the KGB, the Soviet secret police, I make no apologies to repeat again the segment of the history of Imperial Russia and the political changes to modern times that I first published in this program in January. For almost 200 years, it was the Russian Empire, arguably the largest in the world, known as Imperial Russia and ruled as an absolute monarchy. The effect of World War I caused considerable upheaval in that country, which led to a revolution of the working classes in 1917 and the overthrow of Tsar Nicholas II, ending century of Romanov rule. A bloody civil war finally ended when, in 1922, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the USSR, was established covering the same area but made up of 15 socialist republics stretching from the Baltic and Black Seas to the Pacific Ocean, an area of more than 22.4 million square kilometers. It was the world's largest country covering a sixth of the world's land area. Although a union of 15 national republics its governments and economy were highly centralized in Moscow. In the meantime, Nazi Germany built up its war machine with the intention of establishing its power over Europe and Eurasia. In a maneuver of deception, the Nazis signed a non-aggression pact with the Soviet Union and they remained allies until June 1941 when the German armies invaded the USSR. The rest is history. Following the defeat of Nazi Germany, politics between the Western countries and the Soviets polarized into a rivalry, mainly with North America, 
that became known by George Orwell's description as the Cold War. Between 1988 and 1991, there developed an incessant political and legislative conflict between some of the republics and the central government in Moscow. President Gorbachev started to lose control, and in 1991 the USSR disintegrated as a result of the leaders of three of the Union's founding and largest republics, the Russian, the Ukrainian, and the Belarusian, declared that the Soviet Union no longer existed and 11 more republics joined them shortly thereafter. Russia became officially the Russian Federation. Greatly reduced, it now has a landmass of 17.13 million square kilometers. Russia's head of state, the president, is empowered to appoint the prime minister, key judges and cabinet members. The president is also commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Today, it is President Vladimir Putin, a former KGB officer who served alternately as prime minister and president since 1999. He now has extended the two constitutional terms to serve as president so that it may keep him in office until 2036. This places in doubt the government's description as a democratic state with a republican form of government. The actions of the Russian government point to the belief that President Putin is intent on increasing his country to the size that it was in bygone times. Therefore, the relationship with Russia became once again under considerable strain because of their expansionist policies. But there were other occasions when the West battled against Russian expansion, for instance, the charge of the Light Brigade during the Crimean War in 1854, a failed military action involving the British Light Cavalry. In 2014, Russia invaded and subsequently annexed the Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine. The reaction of the United States, NATO and the European Union was strong condemnation, but nothing else. That emboldened President Putin. This event took place as a result of the wider Russian-Ukrainian conflict, which has now developed into war. Israel has a very good relationship with Russia, despite being pressurized by the Biden administration to cool it or risk consequences. Because Israel receives considerable aid from the US, our government has in that respect to walk a diplomatic tightrope. In a carefully formulated statement, Israel's Foreign Minister Yair Lapid condemned the Russian attack on Ukraine, adding, however, that the Jewish state has good relations with both Russia and Ukraine. There's more to come. The Tamar Yona Show. Tamar? She's sassy. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also a real Jewish mother. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar Yona. And yes, I can be all of those things. But at Israel News Talk Radio, I'm here to bring you the news stories and guests that you may not hear anywhere else. Join me live on air Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays for the most unique and bold talk radio in Israel. The Tamar Yona Show. And now, here is Walter Bingham. In a carefully formulated statement, Israel's foreign minister, Yair Lapid, condemned the Russian attack on Ukraine, adding, however, that the Jewish state has good relations with both Russia and Ukraine. This is the first time that Israel has publicly criticized Moscow since the start of the crisis between the two neighboring countries. Although Israel is not directly involved, the effect on the world markets does not leave us unscathed. The stock exchanges have plunged, the price for crude oil has reached $105 a barrel, which will steeply increase fuel prices at the pumps, and because Ukraine is a major producer of grain, even bread prices may rise. Israel is already listed as the sixth most expensive country for the grocery basket, and at the same time wages are considerably lower than those in OECD countries. The question now on everyone's lips is, will Putin continue his expansion into Poland, or into the Baltic states of Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania, all parts of the former Soviet Union since 1940? As they are members of NATO, and Article 5 provides that if a NATO ally is the victim of an armed attack, each and every other member of the alliance will consider this as an armed attack against all members. That would trigger World War III. Since the end of the Cold War, the world has progressed to discount the use of nuclear weapons, but today Putin has brought nuclear war back on the agenda when he warned the West that any attempt to interfere in the Ukraine would lead to consequences the world has never seen. To withdraw would be the end of his political career, so like a wounded animal that is inextricably cornered, would he really press the button and take Europe down with him? An unthinkable scenario. The future of Europe is in Putin's hands. Let's hope that he will see reason. I thought that you might be interested that this letter I recently wrote to the editor of the Jerusalem Post was not published. Of course, I was not surprised. Quote, the Jerusalem Post, Israel's most important English daily, does, as is the hallmark of good journalism, publish opinions across the whole political spectrum. That is a good way to measure the trend of public opinion. The purpose of editorials, however, is to draw attention to and stimulate public debate on current matters of national interest. Whilst the leader writer's political views will inevitably mirror those of the Post's current left-leaning bias, they would do well to bear in mind that the national interest of the Jewish State of Israel 
does not mirror that of a vocal section of our Arab population that avails itself of every opportunity to incite violent demonstrations and attacks on Jewish residents. We saw it recently in mixed Jewish-Arab towns and it has again flared up in such a neighborhood of Jerusalem. I commend the Jerusalem Post for its consistent support for upholding the law of the land as laid down by the decisions of the Supreme Court. In your paper's leader of February the 15th, headline Provocation Personified, you correctly pointed out the perennial tensions between Jews and Arabs in mixed neighborhoods. But instead of explaining some of the background of the clashes that Arabs object to the legal residence of Jewish families and the forthcoming eviction of an illegal Arab occupier of Jewish property, as decreed by the Supreme Court, you focused on right-wing Knesset member Itamar Ben-Gvir having set up an office in one of the Jewish residences and you blamed the outbreak of hostilities on his presence. That assertion does not correspond to the facts. However, irrespective of the motives of Ben-Gvir, is it not every citizen's right to set up offices anywhere in Israel, even in the Shimon Hatzadik neighborhood? And that brings me to the point of my complaint. You make little of the Arab terrorism of firebombing a Jewish home and torching their car nine times, but in referring to Ben-Gvir you end your editorial with the words callous incitement and provocation from an MK intent on pouring gasoline on the flames. I suggest that it is your editorial that is doing just that. You helped to fan the flames by referring to the neighborhood of Shimon HaTzadik by its Arab name Sheikh Jarrah, not once or twice, but five times, and you did not even once call it by its Hebrew name Shimon HaTzadik. Have you forgotten that we live in Israel? Signed, Walter Bingham, Jerusalem. It was, of course, not published. If you want to comment on this or any other matter that you heard in this program, then please write to Walter at Israel News Talk Radio, one word, dot com, where you will always get my personal reply. Now to the feature about Jews and tattoos. As the temperature will warm up and people are discarding their heavy winter clothing, you'll be surprised how many Jewish men and women in Israel are proudly displaying their body tattoos. Although tattooing has been practiced throughout the world for millennia, it was never a practice followed by Jews. In fact, the Torah forbids it, as it is written in Leviticus 18, verse 28, You shall not make a cut in your flesh for the dead, and a tattoo shall you not place upon yourself. The prohibition is underlined by the very next words, I am Hashem. That also gave rise to the belief that Jews with tattoos cannot be buried in a Jewish cemetery. If that were the case, then the cemeteries would be empty because there are very few of us, if any, who have never transgressed a command of the Torah. One hundred years ago, few Jews would have thought to permanently adorn their bodies with ink. 
But since the 1990s in Israel, the repulsion for tattoos is losing its significance. In fact, today it is considered as being cool to be able to display body art. That's the modern term that has replaced the taboo of tattoo. In Tel Aviv, at least 10 body art parlors compete for the reputation as having the most innovative tattooists. Also, in the holy city of Jerusalem, several such establishments are advertising their services. And even the walled old city can leave its mark on you. There, Vasim Razuk runs arguably the oldest tattoo establishment in the world where his family has been tattooing Coptic Christians since the 13th century, and he works with hand-carved ancient wooden stencils to mark the design. In the 19th and 20th century, to have tattoos was the practice among sailors and the blue-collar section of society. Although the Duke of York, later King George V, is said to have acquired the tattoo of a dragon in the 1880s. Today it is the practice among the young to make a statement with tattoos, either political or social. Young women often begin by having a butterfly or flower on their shoulder blade, perhaps to indicate care for the environment, or sometimes even in places only visible during intimacy. To get the view of an enthusiast, I could do no better than to visit a tattoo parlor in my city of Jerusalem. Among the several I found on the internet, I chose the Visi tattoo shop of Hillel Street, Jerusalem, listed with five stars and many recommendations. It was also the closest to my home, and therefore it was with some apprehension that I entered because in this area I could be recognized and by the concept of Marat Ayin, translated appearance to the eye, my intentions could be misinterpreted. Marat Ayin is a concept in Halakha, in Jewish law, which states that certain actions which might seem to observers to be in violation of Jewish law but in reality are fully permissible are themselves not allowed due to rabbinic enactments that were put in place to prevent onlookers from arriving at false conclusions. But back to tattooing. As this was my first time ever to set foot on a tattoo establishment, I expected a bright clinical atmosphere with white painted walls and staff wearing white coats. What I found were colourful rooms decorated with pictures and mementos explaining body art, shelves with different coloured bottles and two massage beds coloured black. Not at all how I envisaged it. I was received by Vizi, whose shop bears his name, and who opened this parlour some twelve years ago. Thank you for taking time out to talk to me about your profession. From the pictures of your work displayed here, you're obviously an accomplished artist. Why did you choose to express your talent in this field rather than in the conventional way of painting? Was it merely a way of making a living? Keep it here to hear his reply and all about his work of 
putting pictures on other people's bodies. In a time where feelings have become fact, where rational thought and common sense has disappeared, one man stands above it all. I'm Howie Sobaker, your political hitman. Local Hitman airs every Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. North American time, 7 a.m. Israeli time, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson, and me, William Hall, on the Science of Kabbalah, where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Israel News Talk Radio. And now, here is Walter Bingham. Why did you choose to express your talent in this field rather than in the conventional way of painting? Was it merely a way of making a living? I like this style because when I was a child, I draw every time. And when I was 14 years old, I saw some movie in the television about the art of the body. And... I wake in the morning and I say, okay, I want to be a tattoo artist. After the army, I go to Netherlands, Holland, and I learn all the things about the tattoo. Every morning I wake, you know, I'm so happy when I make this work. Do they ever discuss the reasons why they have decided to want a tattoo? Because tattoo, it's not like before 50 years, you know. If you do tattoo today, it's about all your family or about your feeling it's for all your life and you think i want something for remembering there's a people in the israel army when they finish they have a post-trauma or like this so i make the tattoo about this thing if you have uh, something for remember your mother and your father or something about the family so you put it in your body if it's name if it's a picture or like this it's also beautiful but you know some people say i want something for my family and i want something for me you know that in the 18th century, tattooed people were exhibited in circus sideshows as freaks. Now it's different, you know, because there is all the media and uh, Facebook, Instagram, and you do something and some people say, oh, it's beautiful, and they know about the tattoos. Do they take much time to discuss with you their choice, or do they already know what they want? They come, you know, with idea. But I make the idea for a sketch, and after I make the body. But every time all the people come here and they know what they want, but they don't have a specific sketch, and I make everything for them. What age group are most of your clients? Between 27 to 50. But there is a people over 60, 75, or like this. But it's not for a child, you know, because it's for all your life. If it's their first tattoo, do they have a special favorite design? And 
Where on the body do they then want it? I think it doesn't matter if it's your first or if you have many tattoos. You need to think about it when you want it in your body. All the people start with a small tattoo. It's first tattoo and they put it, you know, in the back. After they make more, on the neck or on the leg, on the hand. Does tattooing hurt? It's a little bit, you know, it's different from another place in the body. You know, in the chest it's more pain, but... People don't mind? No, they don't mind. It's fun, a little bit fun. So how many people come back for more? Many people. You see the people outside here, they come here many times. There is a guy here, if you look, there is a full sleeve on the back and also a wife make it here. You will have to excuse my next comment, but I am of an age to know many of my friends who were forcibly tattooed with numbers by the Nazis. That alone should stop Jews from wanting tattoos. And the Torah also expressly forbids it. Yet tattooing has skyrocketed among Jews in Israel in recent years. How do you explain that? I really don't know what you say. You know, is it different what the Nazis do? You don't want it. Here, if you do something, you want something like this. It's made, the Nazis make many things, but it's very, very different because now it's hard. Very different from the past. And for religion, you know, some people say, this is my way. If you make the tattoo, you're not a bad guy. You do something for your life and for your soul. In your experience, what is the percentage of men to women? Sorry, I don't know, but more men make it from women. And are their choices different? Yeah, they're different besides, but you know, there's a different style from woman to man. Is it easy to remove tattoos? And is that also something that you do? No, we didn't do it. This is the laser plays make it. But it's very, very hard to do it because you need many time for this. And have you any idea of why people sometimes want to have tattoos removed? I know it's a little bit pain for people. I didn't do it on my body. But people, you know, go to religion. or It's a different time for their life. All the people come here, I say, think about it many times before you do it, because it's very hard to remove it. Why do people want a tattoo? Is it to show it off to others or to no, them? No, just for him. But nobody sees it unless it's on your arms or on your legs. Now it's different from 20 years, because now you do it only for you and for your soul. There is the people, you know, do it for other people, but I think it's very stupid to make something for you on your body for all your life, just for other people. You do it for yourself. All the people come here, they come with idea, and I make the idea for sketch, and after I make it for tattoo for all your life. I like this word. I think it's amazing, but when people do it, they need to think about it because it's for all the life. So, Wiz, thank you very much thank you for very your much. patience in answering the questions of someone totally ignorant about tattooing. Because I was still not sure why people choose tattoos, I took my microphone into the streets of Jerusalem and I found very much the sentiments expressed by the tattooist. Hello, do you mind if I ask you some questions about your tattoo I see that you have? Yeah. Why did you choose to have a tattoo? I found it a very good way to express myself and my feelings in a way that I put the things that I feel on my body. 
most of my tattoos are related to nature. So I have a lot of flowers. Also have the word perception that I always remember. And are you going to add any more to your tattoos? Of course. <laughs> always. Forever. Thank you very much. You've got an armful of tattoos and I can see the all kinds of motifs. What are they? The motives are from two books, Given Tree and The Little Prince. They are very meaningful to me. And because I made this tattoo for my mother as a tribute, I was searching for the elements to show her what she is for me and what I think of her. What does she say about your tattoo? This was a surprise for her, so uh, today I will show her and we'll see how she reacts. So. Are you going to add some more tattoos? I think probably so. Tattoo is like an addiction and after your first one you're always thinking about the next. But it's not cheap. It's quite a lot. This is also a thing to keep in mind when you want to do a tattoo. Is it private for you or is it something to show off to other people? Great question. It's very private. I didn't make the tattoo so I can show it to everybody. I will tell you even more. I make sure that it won't get out of the sleeves because I'm a lawyer and I need to go to court and I don't need everybody to see my tattoo. Thank you. Excuse me, I see you have tattoos. What made you decide to have a tattoo? I enjoy the art. I think it's fascinating work and there's a lot of meaning and depth behind it. It's a form of expression. We're living in a day and age of a lot of pain and is a form of getting out anger, depression, and anxiety. I like the way they look. Most of them have meaning to me. Give me an example. My understanding and balance of the world that I got on my hand, and another one is me talking to God. The first one was complete garbage. I was 16 years old, six o'clock in the morning, drunk with a friend, and we both did one on each other. Have you thought of removing it? I'm gonna get the bad one removed. Nowadays they have the laser and it works very well. The second one I got is my uh, understanding and balance of the world. It's a bunch of stars all mixed together. Each corner of every star represents something about the world and your inner self. The point of getting it was understanding every little aspect of myself and finding a balance between everything. Are you still going to add to your tattoos? I just got a tattoo about a half hour ago. Should women have tattoos? If they would like to have tattoos, they should have tattoos. Would you marry a woman who has lots of tattoos on her body? If she's able to cover them up, even if she has to wear long sleeves, then yeah. yeah. Is it on her face or at the bottom of her hand? I don't know. Maybe. Thank you. If you want to add anything to the subject, then please write to Walter at Israel News Talk Radio one word dot com well it's a strange world we live in who would have thought that you could walk up to almost any young person in the holy city of jerusalem ask if they have a tattoo and get a positive reply and with that i end for today praying that i shall not see another world war I hope to be back again next week with another program reflecting life in Israel and the rest of the Jewish world. Until then, this is Walter Bingham wishing you a good, COVID-free and peaceful week. And as every time, I ask you to please visit your elderly neighbor who may have difficulty in leaving the home. Thank you.
Goodbye. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Morris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. opinion and more you're listening to israel news talk radio 